Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. We have a better covenant upon better promises, and we have a better relationship with God. We were in such a desperate place that Andrew, it was like life. It was just life that was coming from the television. And every area in our life has been turned right side up. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our broadcast of the Gospel Truth. Today I'm going to start a brand new series talking about the power of partnership. I have CDs and DVDs on this. And I tell you, this is going to be a powerful teaching for you. I know that when people, especially ministers, go to talking about money, most people head for the exits. They don't like to talk about this. And uh, there is really a resistance but power of partnership not only applies to a ministry or to a church. That you're giving to. But it's beneficial to you. And I don't think most people really understood this. They understood it. Well, then they would be involved in more partnership because it is a powerful thing. You know, let me start by just giving a testimony. That one of our graduates from our Bible college, he pastored a church. Up in the mountains of Colorado, and he had just a small church. I think it was around 20 or 30 people. And he wanted me to come minister for him, and yet he had such a small group. That he got two other churches to go together. So all together between three churches. There was somewhere somewhere around a hundred people that came to this meeting. And because it was a small number of people, they were afraid that I wouldn't get very much money. In offerings for doing that, and so they offered to let me take up my own offerings, thinking, I, I assume, that if I was the one that received the offerings, then uh, I couldn't complain about the results. So anyway, they asked me if I'd receive the offering. And it didn't matter to me. I usually let
at whoever wherever I am they receive the offerings Nenze chete chikola makuru jendi kubanga buli jenda gai bisere bisinga mbale kabobe betwalire chiwebwa yo chapo So they can give me nothing or it doesn't matter I never go anywhere because of money Irani wabate bampadde chintu chona sifayo kubanga sigenda wantu wonolo kubanga anjagala sente So anyway they asked me to receive the offerings and I had just come from a meeting Kati mubufunze ne bansaba okubanga msaba echiwebwa yo kati tena lina akava in Charlotte, North Carolina, and this has been many years ago, it's 20 some years ago. Muchitundu Balibachita Charlotte, North Carolina, a John Nomiaka Giso Minjiko. I don't remember the exact amount of money, but I know that that uh, church in Charlotte, North Carolina has given me anywhere from 50,000 to a hundred or three, one time $300,000 for a week's meetings. Uh, I, it's the biggest gifts, the biggest giving of any church that I've ever been a part of. So anyway, I had just come from that church. I don't think I even went home. I flew into Denver. And I went immediately up into the mountains to this church. And so they asked me to receive the offerings. And I got up and I, I started by saying, look, I just came from a church. That gave me a huge offering. I am not a poor pastor. That just barely got into town. And if you don't give, I'm not going to be able to get out of town. I'm not. Here because I need things. I don't need your money. And that's the way I started. And when I did that, you could just see the all of the blood drain out of the face of this pastor on the front row. And he thought, oh, he just killed the offering. Because again, most people, the way that they receive an offering is all about I've got a need. Would you please help me? And I understand that. You know, the Bible says that if you see your brother or sister in need and if you shut up your bowels of compassion, how dwelleth the love of God in you? And so there is giving when you see a person in need. That is a valid reason to give. But it's probably the simplest 
motive for giving. It's the easiest to uh, motivate people to give. But that's not all that there is to it. Giving is for you. And when I go to teaching on finances, this isn't for me, this is for you. You know, when I teach on healing, I don't teach on healing for my sake. Now, it does benefit me because as I believe the word and as I speak it out of my mouth, I get blessed by it and I believe that it helps me. There have been times when I was fighting some type of sickness in my own body. That I decided I was going to teach on healing because I needed to hear it. And so, yes, it benefits me in a sense, but the reason I teach on healing isn't so that I can be healed, it's to share the truth with you so that you can be healed. The reason I teach on emotions and on walking in joy and how to believe God and how to do all these things. I don't do it for me. I do it for you. But when you start talking about money, people immediately think that it is totally selfish that the reason I teach on finances is because I need finances. And again, I, you know, I need finances and God will bless me, but I want to share with you the benefit that giving has to you. And see, that's the way that I approached this receiving the offering for this, these three little churches that went together and that's how I started and I said look it's not about what my need is you need to give you need to be a part of what God is doing you need to take a portion of what God has given you and you need to use it for something besides yourself I use the example of giving being like a seed and there's many places that say that but over in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 that's one of the clearest examples in verses uh, 6 through 10 
mpaka olwe kumi and it talks about god gives seed to the sower ila ayogera anti katonda wa omusize nsigo and so anyway i began to teach that if you eat all of your seed ila ntandiko kusomesa anti gwe bosala wo kulye nsigo yoyona and don't plant some of it then you're going to be hungry nota siga chitundu tundu kusigeyo ojakubanga olumwenjala you might be full at the moment but you're in the future going to be hungry osobolo kukutamangwa ago nayate mbisere bijja ogena kuba muyala you have to recognize the potential that is in that seed norocho otekedwa okumanya obusobozo buli munsigeyo for your future and you have to discipline yourself kulwebisera byebyo mu maso erotekedwa kweteka mu mpiseyo and plant some of it or you're going to be hungry tomorrow no simba so I began to teach all of these people these things and anyway it was it was really good and the next week after the meeting was over uh, I had the pastor of that little church called me. And he explained to me that you know when I started saying that I don't need your money. This is about what you need. You need to learn about partnership. He said that man he was just uh, he thought that that had killed the offering. But it turned out that they wound up giving the largest offering to me that they had ever given to anybody. So that was good. But the main thing was, he said on Sunday morning, he got up in front of his church and this is after these three churches had gone their separate ways. So there was only 20, maybe 30 people maximum in his church and he got up and he told the people he says you know I don't remember the messages that Andrew taught on all I remember are those offering talks and he says I was so touched by that and he says I knew these things but I hadn't shared them with you because again there is a resistance to ministers people just immediately think that you're doing this only for selfish motivation selfish reasons and so there is a resistance and an unbelief that is mixed with it you know it says in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2 that the word preached unto them did not profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it and there is a resistance to ministers talking about prosperity you just nearly always think that it is for selfish reasons that people do this and it's a manipulation in a way 
wairi get mbukatino yengeri abantu jeba senda senda muno kusindi kilizabala lukubanga bawayo finances so anyway there's unbelief mixed with it and it usually just doesn't do any good norecho katu mbye nsimbi waluo kwa kanyizi wakunji nobuta kiliza ebiega tire wamu atichino sushirunji so this pastor said that because of the resistance katu musumbono ya bagama antino roku wakanyizi wakuno because of the criticism against ministers for talking on finances nengeri abawereza wasinga jawaba koloko tamunga bogede kubie mfuna he says i haven't been honest with you i knew these things and personally he operated in giving but he says i didn't challenge you because i was afraid you would think i was doing it for the wrong motivation and he got up in front of his church and he actually got to cry and he fell on his knees and he says please forgive me for not telling you the truth please forgive me that I have robbed you and taken away opportunities for you to prosper because I was afraid of what people would think and he repented in front of his whole church and the people in his church came up and remember it was just a small church 20-30 people they came up and they started hugging him and saying pastor we forgive you and people started giving and they paid off they, they gave so much money I don't remember the amount but I think it was over $20,000 20 or $30,000 that they gave on that Sunday morning paid off the entire church indebtedness and caused prosperity to come and this pastor contacted me the next week and told me all of this and said it has sparked a revival and our ministry and I tell you this is the power of partnership you know let me start with this verse over in Luke chapter 16 and you know this used to be a problematic passage of scripture to me I would read it and I just couldn't understand exactly what was uh, being said now I've got a lot that I want to share so I'm, I'm not going to go into the depth on this that I typically do I've got other teachings I've got a teaching entitled uh, stewardship. Financial stewardship. But it goes into much more detail. This teaching is only two teachings. 
Nenga naline sumo nori gendako walako nyo Nenga naline sumo katirina ama sumo ga, ga mirundi ebili About the power of partnership Idanga nori kujira yo amanyi agobwe gasi That financial stewardship I think is six different teachings Nga esumo nori yinkugambi iliobu wanika wwe simbi Nori ina masumo gali inga mukaga And it incorporates some of these things Eroja kwe sangangebimu bienjogira kwa numanyi gobwe gasi Era biebimuwe biogiru wako ni musumo nori iliobu wanika wwe simbi This is going to focus specifically specifically on how partnership helps you. Nenga lino katiriendi mkuu amanyi kubwega simubiensi mbi. Dioli genda kujira yodara amanyi agali mkuega tana chichicho ofuna mugwe. What it does in your life. This other teaching goes into just detail on uh, prosperity and all kinds of other things. And so I'm not going to go into the detail, but let me just summarize. Then in Luke chapter 16, verses 1 through 8, it gives a, a story about a man who is a steward. Of another man, a steward is a person who manages the affairs of another person. Not their own money, but they manage somebody else's money. And this man had been accused that he had been stealing money from his master. And so the master confronted him and says, show me the books. And if what I've heard is true, then you're going to be out of a job. And this man panicked because he had been stealing money from his master. And he knew that he was going to be fired. And he said here in verse 4, this is humorous to me. He says, what am I going to do? He says, when I am put out of the stewardship, that means that's his admission of guilt. This is in verse 3. He answered within himself, what shall I do for my Lord taketh away from me the stewardship? And that's his admission of guilt. And he said, I cannot dig. To beg, I'm ashamed. And this is amazing to me. He says, I cannot dig. I can't work. I don't know that there is any reason to think that he physically was incapable of working. And it was probably more like he wouldn't work. Most people who are thieves have an aversion to work. They're trying to get rich quick. Uh, you know, with little effort. But anyway, he says, I cannot dig and to beg, I'm ashamed. This is amazing to me that he wasn't ashamed to steal. But he was ashamed to beg. 
It's amazing how people can have a selective conscience. I tell you, you ought to be ashamed if you steal. So anyway, what he did, he called all of his master's debtors. Together, and he discounted them, some of them 50%. Some of them 30%. And he would just say, sit down and say, let's say, for instance, that if you owed $100,000, if you'll give me $50,000 right now, we'll settle your bill. And we will make it clear. And so what he did, he discounted their debts and the purpose behind it was that when he was kicked out of the stewardship, he'd be able to go knock on the doors. Of all of these people that he had discounted their debts. And say, do you remember what I did for you? I've gotten fired. I need help. Could you help me? And these people would feel obligated. To give him a house or food. Or let him stay there or help him in some way. So he was still stealing money from his master. He was discounting the money that was owed to his master without his master's permission. So he was still stealing money, but now instead of sticking the money in his pocket, he was putting it in other people's pockets. In a sense, as a bribe, so that he could have some help from them when he lost his job. And this, you know, that's not so unusual up to there. But here's the strange part. In verse 8 it says, The Lord commended the unjust steward. Because he had done wisely, for the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of life. Now this is what always stumped me is why would he commend this guy? And again, I've got hours of teaching on this. I'm only going to say this very quickly. But I'm going to move on specifically to talk about partnership. But there's two reasons. Well, let me just focus on this one thing. I think that the reason that he commended this steward is because finally he began to realize the power of money to affect 
your future. Prior to this time, this man had stole money from his master. But he had nothing to show for it. You can prove that because in the third verse, he says, what am I going to do when I lose my job? I can't dig to beg. I'm ashamed. That shows you that he hadn't stored any up. He hadn't invested. He'd been just consuming it. He'd been taking whatever he could get from his master. And he had blown the entire thing. And so he was short-sighted. He had not done anything with this money. But now that he was going to lose his job, he started recognizing, I'm in a position where I can influence people with this money that I managed from my master. And he began to start using money to affect his future. Now that's the reason that the master commended him. And I wish I had more time to go into all of the detail. But let me just say this quickly that money gives you power. Now some people will be offended at that and think, oh well, man, you shouldn't look at that. Yeah. Well, money does give you power. Did you know that if you had a million dollars, you can approach buying a house, buying a car, doing something differently than a person who has nothing. Isn't even sure that they can qualify for a loan. It gives you options. You have uh, access to different things than people that don't have money. Money does give you power. There is some security in money. Now we shouldn't put our faith in money. We ought to put our faith in the one who has prospered us. And has given us money, that is God. But I'm saying that. You know, if you had money, if you were a billionaire, there are things that you can do that you can't do if you don't have money. Also, it has influence that goes with it. You have a billionaire walk in, people are going to treat him differently than a person who's a beggar off the street. So whether you like it or not, uh, it, it does give you influence. It gives you power. It gives you ability to do things that you couldn't do if you don't have money. 
Wobanga tulina sente. And so there is power in money. Nolecho waliwa amanyi musente. But the sad thing is most people are using that power, that influence, short-sighted. Na yeche nakunti abantu banji boko yusama anyago etutumwe ilio mungerie yokulabe bintu okumpi. They are blowing it on things. Nibakuata binobyo nabina nebabi yuwayi wakubintu. Here and they aren't long-term thinkers. If you go back to one of the things I said at the very beginning of this program, that it's like seed. Money is like seed. Mark chapter 4, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, there's many places that use seed to illustrate money. And that's a good illustration. Because seed, you can eat it. And it can give you nourishment and it can help you momentarily. But seed also can be planted. And it can grow up and produce more seeds for the future. And if you are just short-sighted and if you eat all of your seeds, then you're going to be hungry someday in the future. But if you can discipline yourself and recognize the power that's in this seed, not only for temporary things, but for future things. Then praise God, man, you can affect your future. And if you would discipline yourself and be faithful to sow, and you do this not just once, but every time you get some seed, you sow a portion. And if you do that long term, then in the future you will have such an abundant harvest that you couldn't eat it you couldn't consume it all you will have more than what you could ever handle but very few people will discipline themselves and think about the future. The reason that this unjust steward was commended was because for the first time in his life even though he was still stealing he at least started recognizing the power that was in money to affect his future. And the master commended him. Now here is Jesus giving the reason that he gave this parable. So here is the application in verse 9. He said, And I say unto you, Jesus was speaking, Make to yourselves friends of the mammon 
of unrighteousness that when you fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. Abagamba muluka kumina mukago romu inanti nange mbagama anti yono yesu ya yogera. Ntimwe kwa nirenge mikwano mumamona atali mutukilivu. Bwari guawo baba sembeze muwema ziri ezita guawo. Now this is old English. This is King James and I'm reading from but it's not that hard to understand. He's just saying that you use money and the word mammon here, he uses this again in verse 13. And you know, a friend of mine, Creflo Dollar, he's got a great teaching on mammon. It's not just money, it's talking about that spirit that is behind money but anyway for the sake of understanding right here this is saying that use money to touch people's lives to make friends so that when you fail in this same word that was translated fail in verse 9 was translated die other places so this is saying use money to touch people to make friends so that when you die they may receive you into everlasting habitation. So the purpose of this parable is to say that this man had been stealing money but he had just blown it on temporary things. He was buying flat screen TVs and caviar and, and tea, you know things like that just blowing it on temporary things he didn't invest it he didn't think about his future but when he was confronted with being fired he finally started using money to touch people's lives and affect his future. Jesus is saying, likewise, recognize the power that's in money. Use money to touch people's lives so that when you die and enter into heaven, there will be people lined up to welcome you into heaven. I don't know how many of you have ever heard this song about uh, a man who dreamed that he went to heaven and when he got there, there was just people lined up and they started saying, thank you. Forgiving to the Lord. I am 
time a life that was changed. Olwokubanti wawa katonda obulamu bwange bwachu kolecho che wawayo. And he says, well when did I ever touch you? I mean there were people from the other side of the world that were different ethnic groups. Omusajjono nabuza yiye na wayo di mwemba komeko kubanga abantu banabali bamweba zabali bantu ngadaladala bali bavidadala ku side ndala byaita sinka nangako. And he says, when did I ever touch you? Kati nababuza nabakoma kodi. And the song goes on to say that you know uh, that in Sunday school class a missionary came and you gave an offering and that offering was used to send this missionary to bring the gospel and they were a life that was changed. They wouldn't have heard the gospel if it hadn't been for that missionary. And through the gifts that this person gave, all of these lives that were changed. Now that's a song, but it's based on this verse right here, and this is literally what Jesus is saying. When you give and when you sow into the gospel if you do it in faith now that's a big if but that's true if you do it in faith then that money never leaves your life it just enters into your future where it grows and it multiplies and the promise is in uh, Mark chapter 10 that you receive it back a hundredfold in this life that means that your return is not only in eternity but you get a hundredfold return on everything that you sow in this life now I'm going to be talking about this and there's some people that don't believe that but it is what the scripture says God promised 100 fold return on your gifts in this life and in the world to come everlasting life and so it affects you not only in this life but it will affect you in eternity just like Jesus is saying people will literally be lined up to welcome you into heaven now you know if you make it to heaven which I pray that you do I pray that every person watching Watching this program has made Jesus your Lord and you're on your way to heaven. Now, if you haven't done that, praise God, call the number on your screen. Pray with somebody. Get born again and guarantee your entrance into heaven. But 
There are so if you go to heaven that's going to be a blast. Na yekati wanagama tsingoma nanotuka muguru chigena kuba cha manyi nyona ye. And there is no bad way to get to heaven. Kubanga tiwali ngeri mbi akutuka muguru. But wouldn't you like instead of just barely squeaking into heaven? Ne yate kankubuze ntigoyagala nyo kulabanga obango omuntu ayenyigirizo obwenyigirizo kuyingire guru. And you get there and there's nobody to greet you. Ntikogambo tuke muguru nenga tiwali muntu ye na akubuza ako. Wouldn't it be awesome if you got there and you saw people just lined up. I mean, mile after mile after mile of people who you're giving touched their life while they were here on this earth and their life was changed. And because of that, there's people lined up to welcome them. Thank you for listening to the Gospel Truth Program. We believe that you have been blessed. Please call us on 0200-330-000 to pray with you or to make an inquiry or share your testimony with us. We speak healing into your body and prosperity into your life. You are blessed.